Hello and welcome to the Ultra Working Podcast. Today we've got Andy Banez, our head of teamwork here at Ultra Working, with me. I'll properly introduce her, but Andy, I'm so I'm really excited we're doing this. Okay, I'm really excited too. So Andy's first time on the podcast. I'm quite excited. Um, as background context, some people know the story. Andy was my yoga instructor for over a year before she joined Ultra Working, and it was all business for the first year. I would show up. She would be exactly on time for the yoga class. It would be at whatever, 5 p.m., and it was virtual on Zoom during the pandemic, and yoga would end at, at, at 5 p.m. She would say, any injuries, any problems? How are you? I would say, nope, nope, good. She'd be like, let's begin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And at the end of class, she'd say, how was that? Anything you need? Okay. <laughs> Bye. See you Thursday. <laughs> yes. Right? Um, we only started to get to know each other after about a year, more than just all business, right? But I was like, you know, I tried out a few different yoga instructors. I knew I wanted to do yoga during the pandemic. I tried out a few different yoga instructors. You're the best. Um, or, or the best fit for me. What's the best? But you're also the best, but you're also the best fit for me, right? <laughs> okay. And, you know, over time, I came to really appreciate you had almost a supernaturally good sense of perception, ability to assess a situation. You're always on time, always ready to roll, always had a plan, but then we're very flexible based on what I needed. So if a workout was really beating me up, sometimes you'd ratchet it down or sometimes you'd keep uh, pushing through on it. And there's a longer story about how you joined up and there's some funny stories there. We'll do that another day. What I appreciate is we get to talk about pain and discomfort today. I'm so excited about this. So you're coming from a yoga background and we talked about how there's a value in learning the difference between pain and discomfort um, because things that are genuinely actually painful, it might be a signal that you're going to take some damage. You're going to hurt one of your muscles, your tendons, your joints, your nerves, whatever. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And if you're just uncomfortable, if it's just discomfort, that's triggering growth. You're going to get stronger. Your muscles are going to get stronger. Your connective tissues are going to get stronger. Mentally, you're going to get stronger. <laughs> yeah, that one. Exactly that one. So... Yeah, let's let's talk about that. Like, you used to challenge the heck out of me. Some workouts you would just beat me up a lot. I would often talk to Lee, our CTO, after you and I did a yoga, and I'd be like, "Man, Andy was kicking the hell out of me today." <laughs> I would like sometimes like still be slumped on the floor, like hitting the button to call Lee. Maybe like rough yoga today. I'm like, "Yeah, it was great, but it was rough." What? Uh, how do you how do you think about this? About pain versus discomfort because you're also very thoughtful you never wanted to injure me you always would adapt very quickly if i had a legitimate injury a sprain or was doing something that was very challenging to the point that it could be damaging you were very careful around that how do you generally think about this sort of thing um when it came to you a lot of it was around really understanding first where you were currently and that's why it was important for me to really understand if you had any injuries how you were feeling that day did you do anything strenuous even mentally like if you had enough sleep um, if you had a lot on your mind I try to take all of that into consideration and I think that was one of the biggest differences from when we were just starting because I was getting to know you how you were how you address things and um, I needed to be able to spot that for you. Like, what were the parts were, that were actually just uncomfortable and what were the parts that could have led to injury? And 
I took that from the information you gave me in the beginning of class. Um, if you actually had an injury already or you just weren't feeling well or you lacked sleep. So I just look for um, certain things that uh, could help inform what I was going to do for you that day or what our class was going to be that day. Because I think for students, especially uh, beginners or people who are just starting, it's kind of hard to be able to determine it on their own in the beginning, like what's uncomfortable and what's painful. And usually a lot of people automatically associate discomfort with pain. And that's the part where it gets really tricky to help them sort of figure it out first before automatically um, moving out of a position, for example, in yoga or just saying, no, I don't want to do this and sort of just talking around them and just helping them figure it out. Is it really painful or are you just uncomfortable right now? Because it's something you've never done before. Yeah, something that you brought up, and I, and I didn't make the connection, you made it for me, is, is Ray Dalio has a footnote in his original principles document about your comfort zone, your stretch zone, and your panic zone. Yeah. Right? And your comfort zone is, is where you're comfortable, it's doing the things you've always been, always been doing. Your panic zone is when you're overwhelmed, you're going to start thrashing. You know, athletically, that's a very bad place to be because now you're out of control. Yeah. Right? And you grow physically, mentally, et cetera, literally grow by being in your stretch zone, being a little bit beyond what's comfortable. Yeah. You know, physiologically, you're generating stressors and then your body will super compensate and adapt and whatever. Yeah. Right? And and you said that was, uh, uh, you know, something to, to try to figure out is is how do we get and stay in a, a stretch zone? Yeah. And, and sometimes a comfort zone, so it's chill, but, but stretch zone without getting in a full-on panic where somebody starts. Yeah. I think sometimes the problem is people approach their panic zone and before they can even see where the line is between their stretch zone and their panic zone, they just start moving back and they stay there. And I think that's sort of sometimes the problem if you don't explore where that could be or where that really is, like your threshold, basically. So yeah, that's one of the things I was just thinking about. And it's one of the things you can explore within yoga, I think. That's why I like it. Well, that's one of the reasons I love yoga so much is because, you know, um, so I was in a, a, a car crash. I was visiting a, a friend's um, ancestral village um, outside of Tbilisi, Georgia, right? Mm -hmm. So he, he immigrated to Canada. He's an amazing guy. And, and he invited me to go to his, his, where his, his, his family was from mm -hmm. since time immemorial in a little village outside Georgia. They're an engineering family, but they came up on a farm ages ago. Mm -hmm. So I went out to visit him and the little minibus we were on in Georgia, like, hit a freaking horse that ran into the road. Oh, yeah. Glass was all over the place. I sprained my wrist quite badly, a high sprain on my wrist. And I like told you, I reported to you, you're like, okay, cool. We're gonna do a little bit of very gentle stretching, strengthening on there. Mm -hmm. And then we switched every position of forearms down for a while and yeah. we worked around it. So yoga is amazing in the ability to like keep training despite one part of the body being taken out in a way that like I couldn't have bench pressed yes. with that, for instance, exactly. right? Um, so that's, really interesting and you're pretty careful you never I, i've never had you push me into a place where i could actually take injuries or exacerbate an injury but you'll certainly put me in an uncomfortable <laughs> position yeah it's actually really fun to see how people interact with discomfort um the thing with teaching yoga you have to it's like experimenting in a way as well because there are some positions that are less likely for you to get into an injury like um 
for example, just seated poses and there are some seated poses where like your feet are together and then your knees are open out to the sides where it can be really uncomfortable and you see how people interact with discomfort. So they tend to fidget or they'll move in and out of the position every so often or um, for girls, like usually they end up tying their hair and then putting it back down or whatever or someone takes a sip of water. There's so many things that you can kind of see if someone's uncomfortable and that sort of says a lot and you can interact with that discomfort for them and encourage them to just sit with it see what you're feeling what you're thinking about like just sort of observe your uh, mental dialogue and why you're actually not comfortable in that situation and I don't know it's just one of the things that is interesting to explore in yoga because there are positions that yeah it's not injurious so you can see how that works and you can see how you can approach something more complicated or something more complex and see if it is discomfort or is it possibly pain. Yeah, and this is something that I've done stupidly and wrongly, and I think you've learned to, to calibrate to me a little bit. On the one hand, there's people that think they're in pain or danger or damage that aren't. Yeah. You're like, hey, you're in the safest position in the world. Yeah. It's just uncomfortable. Right? Yeah. And they're like, ah, and it's like, you're fine. Yeah. And then you said on the other end of the spectrum, sometimes people try to like warrior through things yeah. and like not even give off that they're in pain. Because yeah. we had some classes where I was like breaking through and covering new ground, yeah. and then bam, I just give out. Because, yeah. And you're like, whoa, what just happened? Because yeah. I'm like, not, I'm like, <laughs> and you're like, yeah, yeah, Sebastian, that's not quite yoga either. Yeah. Like, the, this is not like a hurt yourself <laughs> being macho sort yeah, of exactly. thing. Yeah. So as an instructor, like, what are you looking at? you know, when you're, when you're sizing up, there's, there's. One of the things like, aside from me knowing how you think or how you function within that spectrum, I also sort of, um, so for example, when we're doing a position that I know is a little bit complicated or requires a lot of strength or flexibility in certain position, in certain parts of your body, I know your body well enough that you have the strength here that's required for this position. You have the flexibility here that's required for this position. I've um, sort of figured out already the aspects and your capabilities that I know you would be safe if I put you in this position. So I've assessed your, you, what you can do, and then the situation I'm going to put you in. So I feel more con confident in putting you in that situation. Yeah, and for anyone listening, by the way, Andy's... Uh... I mean, you know, the language of yoga is not like Andy's a more elite instructor than other <laughs> yoga instructors. She'd probably argue with me on that, but I'm not going to let her right now. Right. But uh, not every instructor has this capability. And if they're new and maybe haunt shoddy, be careful, right? She's clearly quite skilled and quite experienced. And I trusted her completely. So uh, we could roll with this and I could go, you know, to the edge of the stretch zone and, and okay. see where that is. Um, Flipping it around from a, a practicer of yoga's, a, a practitioner of yoga's mm -hmm. experience, right? It, it's interesting that there's some training opportunities here. And you know, the, the last show we did, we were talking about lessening biological impetus. You could set down a piece of food when you're hungry, mm -hmm. right in front of you and say, I'm not going to eat for another hour as training. And don't do it if you're sick, if you're, something's going on, if you've got a medical condition. But you know, you could be very hungry, have a delivery of food come by. And just set it aside and say, I'm going to finish what I'm doing before I eat. No big deal. 
and train that way, right? And it's like your body's like, I want to eat the food, I'm hungry, but it's like, you'll be fine. You know, and you're learning you're more human and less animal. Mm -hmm. And I feel like yoga is the same way where you can like, what's that process like from a student's perspective, possibly ideally uh, for somebody to be getting gains, getting mentally stronger? Um, With that, I think if coming from a student's perspective, a lot of it is really based on how your teacher can sort of guide you through it. Sometimes as an example, also that sort of helps you figure out and also gives you the confidence to know that, yeah, okay, I can do this. And a lot of it is very exploratory, I think, that you just want to figure out how you interact with this new situation. Or if I do I do this position, or if I hold this for just three, four more breaths, how would I be or how would I react? And I think if you approach any new position or any new situation or pose or whatever in in with that mindset of curiosity and just being exploratory, it helps move you in that direction and just see where it can go or see where you can grow and you know, just build on these things, uh, these skills or these capabilities. So there's the very, um, I mean, your brain is also physical, there's neurons and whatever in it, but there's the, the very physical part of yoga where like, actually yoga leads to flexibility, mobility, mm-hmm. um, depending on how your instructor rolls, it can be very strength training. I get stronger mm-hmm. training in yoga with you, right? Um, there's also the mental side. Yeah. Definitely. You know what I mean? Of like learning about yourself more. Mm-hmm. What's the, I know it's a little different from person to person and some people are too warrior and some people maybe haven't been under much stress in their life. So it's, it's personal, but generalizing a little bit, especially in the lens of getting more comfortable being uncomfortable and working through it. Yeah. There's also the distinguishing pain and injury and not being stupid. And this is a very wisdom thing that we want to be careful around. It takes time. I think that that aspect of it takes a lot of time to, I don't know, mastering it doesn't sound like the right word, but it just takes practice and really understanding yourself, I think. But yeah, so. So, with the discomfort side of things, right? Mm-hmm. With the discomfort side of things, there's two things you always told me to do. Drop your shoulders and breathe, <laughs> right? Yeah. Drop yeah. your shoulders and breathe. So, so how do you, let's say that a student is completely knowledgeable that what they're doing is safe, but it's very uncomfortable. How do you like not make it worse and or make it better and or get stronger? I don't even know the right question here, but like, what do you do in that situation? Um... It sounds very, like a very small solution to it. But technically, it's the thing I would really say, which is what you actually already said, is to breathe. Because your breathing actually reflects a lot of um, like how you are mentally and physically and emotionally. It's a reflection of all of that. So if you can sort of harness your breath and because if you're faced with like a stressful situation or uncomfortable situation your breathing actually quickens and it's it's like it's under the control of 
the stressor rather than you. But if you take control of your breath and you harness it and you're the one controlling your breathing, slowing it down, and your mind focusing on that sort of helps um, redirect how you feel. So instead of you focusing on what you're stressed on, you start focusing on getting control of the situation and sort of figuring out how to just reassure yourself that you're safe here or you're in control of things. You can, If you wanted to, you could get out of the situation if you really needed to. And you could also stay. That's cool. And, you know, there's, there's two things that I'll mention. Uh, one that's maybe just for the more skeptical scientific people, they think you're making some metaphysical claim. I'll address that. And then second, something you said to highlight it. To the first part, you know, I think there's an increasing recognition among literally professional athletes, elite soldiers, elite law enforcement around breathing. So I remember I was, I attended the retirement party of a, of a senior American law enforcement guy, very, had, had really risen up, started as like a deputy sheriff and became a senior federal law enforcement guy. I edited his book as a favor. He's just a good guy, a friend of a friend. And they were literally like, like a, there was a couple of like veteran had been there, done that before they became super senior. They were like cops that were like doing all kinds of crazy stuff and had crazy stories. And they were like, oh yeah, you know, I like this breathing thing. Like, did you ever try a six, two, six? So two, three, four, <laughs> okay. you know, like they were like comparing these things. Yeah. Like, oh, I'll give that one a shot of like the number okay. of seconds and holding them and stuff. So it's, it's an increasing recognition among people in very demanding fields that this really works. It's not like a metaphysical being one with the universe, it, it regulates you physiologically. And people, I encourage anybody listening to look into it. So it's not, it's not a harmony with the universe. It no, actually does a not. lot. Yes, exactly. Maybe it's that too, but yeah, <laughs> right. But the second thing which you alluded to just now is when you're focusing on your breath or dropping your shoulders or adjusting your technique, you're not focused on, oh no, am I okay? I'm in pain, poor me. Or whatever that spire is there is there something like that about moving your thoughts to a place where you're i don't know like doing something you're active you know something like that because i think when you're stressed you're under the impression that things aren't under your control so when you go back to knowing that hey i'm in control of whatever's going to happen next and it starts with yourself and that's for not to sound metaphysical, but yeah, it starts from your breath. And when you focus on your breath, your mind starts to focus on that. So it, everything sort of just calms down. So I think that's one of the reasons why it's important to just redirect things towards, your, towards um, getting things back in control because it's you basically, not everything else. Yeah, that's uh, the reason I'm sitting here in just stunned silence is because I just realized something. I forgot, I forgot that a lot of people don't feel in control of their lives. If they're in an uncomfortable circumstance, mm -hmm. they're like, oh no, why is this happening? And it's not necessarily verbalized. Mm -hmm. It's like a, uh, uh, right? Mm -hmm. I forgot. A lot of people just like are there summer all of the time, aren't they? Yeah. The funny thing is the reason why I love yoga and how it's changed how I feel about my body is because we don't realize it, but there are so many external things that affect us that we don't realize. Um, most, I won't say most, a lot of people actually 
have their shoulders hiked up. That's their natural state because of the stress. So it's naturally just up. That's why to take into consideration that, okay, I'm going to make an effort, just pull my shoulders down to be able to consciously relax my body. It makes me feel like, okay, I'm in control of what's happening to my body. Even your breathing. That's why I said that your breathing is affected when you're stressed. It actually speeds up. So you slowing it down means you're still in control of something or you're still in control of yourself. But yeah, a lot of external things just affect you so much and it, and it manifests in your body. So being able to control the things happening in your body is actually a very powerful thing. In, in my experience, you know, for me, and maybe I'm a little bit, you know, some people are more naturally in touch with their body, mm -hmm. like the stereotypical ballerina who has like a perfect sense of every, you know, yeah. muscle, whatever. And then some people are like, the crazy, brilliant professor that walks into the telephone pole. I'm more <laughs> professor into the telephone pole than ballerina now, unfortunately. I've been, I've been, no, you're a lot better than you think. I've seen the, <laughs> well, I've seen the progression. What, what is that supposed to mean? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's super amazing. No, honestly, okay. So from the very beginning, like when I would give you in, uh, these instructions, now you already know, like when I put you in a certain situation, like when I, not situation when I put you like let's say in <laughs> that sounds weird in um triangle pose so if for anyone who does yoga like there's a triangle pose um and you make the adjustments you already know how it feels and I don't even have to say it I I'm about to say it and you already adjust yourself so I'm like yep he knows so it's actually really good and it, it's not that you don't have uh, body awareness you actually have a lot of well it. it's gone up a lot but you know what's been slow for me but very interesting mm -hmm. based based on what you just said you know like like um so the thing to the thing to to think about is like we would do yoga class mm -hmm. and then it would be like six hours later in the day it would be like six hours later in the day and I'd be like, wow, I feel great. Today I'm just having a great day. And I wouldn't get that that was yoga okay. until like, it took me like a while to realize that like on days I did yoga, I, I was like less stressed and had more like calm energy in the evenings, even though I had a, a workout, right? Mm -hmm. But the flip side then dawned on me. I'm like, huh, I wonder if on the days I'm not training and not working out, if I'm more wired up and then stress without realizing it. Do you know what I mean? Like people really lack some of that awareness. So, you know, we were going to do this show just to talk about, we were going to do some of the show just to talk about discomfort versus pain, mm -hmm. working through it mm -hmm. and stuff like that, which we did and, and realizing you're in control situation, focusing on breath or technique. But it's also interesting, the macro point of like not realizing your shoulders are hiked up or your legs are clenched or that you're breathing shallowly or whatever. And then putting that under more control and more awareness as well. It's super interesting. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a lot of that self-awareness actually helps you sort of figure out if it is pain or it is discomfort. So that's why it all really ties into each other because without that self-awareness, it's really difficult to be able to assess if I'm just uncomfortable. And gives you tools as well. Yeah, exactly. If you're uncomfortable with creative work or you got to reach out to somebody yeah, or something like that yeah. of how to get over it. Yeah. Andy, this is a pleasure. I'm sure we'll do more of this again. But yeah, really, really glad to bring your, your insights to everybody. 
lot to think about and you know you want to be kind of the the core agent running your life you don't want to be run around by external things or even a little bit of impulses when you get uncomfortable so andy banyas thank you so much thank you thank you for having me and everybody always appreciate you listening to the ultra working podcast is there anything interesting from andy any questions any comments if you've had a yoga practice podcast at ultraworking.com shoot us a line and then uh, hey breathe and drop your shoulders thank you be well